Well, it's the holly jolly season, so I'd like to welcome everyone back to another exciting episode of Vino Volley. My name is Michael Wall, and as always, my co-host, Ryan Rebecca. It's the holiday season. I am so excited. It might be one of my favorite times of the year. Besides Turkums, obviously. Besides Turkums, yeah. which was excellent. Yeah, I think this and like late spring, early summer just really... I'm a fall guy. Big fall guy. Big fall guy. Just, I think we talked... Well, you and I fall on different spectrums of the warm body warmth. Correct. Right? You have like seven layers on. Correct. Where I'll have like one and, you know, summertime it's only socially acceptable to take so many layers off. So I find myself more prone to the fall weather. You got you got a lot of versatility. Leaves oh, yeah. are changing. Yep. It's wonderful. And then you lead into, yes, Christmas time is my favorite time of the year. There's nothing I love more than having a Christmas tree. But I also, I appreciate its finite nature. I mm-hmm. don't overdo it. Yep. Talking to those people who put their Christmas decorations up right after Halloween, shame on you. Aggressive. What makes it special is that it's only a certain amount of time. So at least give it to after Thanksgiving. Give each holiday its due mm-hmm. and then enjoy it to its fullest. And then you know, look forward to it. Oh, yeah. Next year. So that's that's my soapbox. Rant. No, that was good. I loved it. The decorations, lovely, tasteful. The lights outside, just picture you perfect. Have crisp white lights. Yep. You know, so from the outside, your house mm-hmm. just looks pristine. Like those respectable people inside, tree tacky as shit. <laughs> like just colored. I as as a kid, I'd have like we had the big colored lights. We had some that were blinking randomly. Yeah. Like garland yeah. was just came like, with a seizure warning. Like a, like a gold python just wrap. <laughs> uh, the thing was. Can't buy, just, can't buy tinsel anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But we've we've made do. But again, I just, you know, that's that's got to have some character. It's got to really show yep. who you are as a white trash family. No. Just, <laughs> you know, anyway. Uh, episode four. No, that's five. This is five. This is five. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say episode four was great. Uh, it was great. But yeah, we're yeah. on five. I went to a dark place. We all did. Yeah. And the, some of our listeners, you know, thought that we should stick to the lighter side. Yeah, sometimes we got to go down that rabbit hole. I think we, we brought up some, some good points. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Our, our, real, our niche is that the lighter side where we, we've got that banter, we've got that, that joking. So hopefully we've, we've brought it back. We don't go back down into, into the dark place. Correct. So, but other than that, how are you? Good. Good. It's said it is indeed the holiday season. Been running acapella Christmas. Almost nonstop. I freaking love acapella music. It is great. It is just, it is magic. Right? Oh, God. Yeah, it's so, so fucking good. It's just magic to the ears. Just yeah. get you in the holiday spirit. Glee Christmas album is great. Every time Leah Michelle sang, though, it always looked like she was going to let out like a blistering fart. Like she said that look on her face. I mean, maybe she does. I don't know. It's TV. Who knows? I don't know. You know? They, they can edit all, that all out. Fart in my mouth any day. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Call that the reverse Dyson. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, we're in the holiday season. We are, we are fully into hockey season for my oldest. I was able to experience that masterpiece. You did. You you attended a hockey he's game. Got, he's got to get in the thick of it. Uh, yeah, and I, you have an open invite to any game you want to because oh. you were. You are. You gotta set the tone. The tone. Uh, it was no. It was exciting though. You get to witness a youth hockey game. You were the most excited person there. I had it, way too much coffee, and it showed later on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. 
Which, to circle back, Tushy 3.0 is now out. What? Yo, yeah. And? I think they're still running a Black Friday deal, too. You can get it for like 80 bucks. I literally only poop upstairs because we don't have one downstairs. And Eleanor knows. She's like, Dada, why do you go upstairs? I was like, Eleanor, why do you think I go upstairs? She's like, because you like to poop where the bidet is. <laughs> I was like, that's right. Smart girl. Okay. Girl knows. I'm saying it's out there in the world now, so Christmas is coming. So maybe, oh, maybe man, a great that would be a great Secret Santa gift. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So love that, but uh, no, it's good. We're uh around the corner getting to Christmas ahead of the what usually is my Christmas schedule as it pertains to gifts and planning. Huge. So now it's just teaching the use of America for another three weeks till we get to the holiday break. Can't wait. Love it. How have you been? Fantastic. Although, I think we went one week, two weeks without another respiratory issue. Yeah. I am. I, I think I sound good. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a shout out to Zycam, their chewable gummies to like the zinc or whatever to help lessen the mm-hmm. length of a cold. Okay. Game changer. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Okay. So fingers crossed that it's not another seven week episode, but yeah. So awesome. other, other than that, all's great. We are again, uh, my wife. God bless her. We have a great system. She does all the Christmas shopping. I do all the wrapping. So okay. I think we're in a good spot, but honestly, I have, have no idea until you know the Amazon boxes and things start showing yep. up, and I got yeah. to go start wrapping. So, Speaking of, yes, my wife bought one of them things from the interwebs that goes over the wrapping paper and has a blade that slides down the wrapping paper. Yeah. Dude, wrapping gifts fully torqued because every time you cut it, it's a perfect slice, and that sound just like... Make sure just makes your ears tingle. And... There's something about I like using the scissors and worrying every time if I've just gouged the coffee table. <laughs> you know, just I like to live dangerously. So I'm no, like, this we was bought BJ's had a roll for like nine ninety nine. This thing is thick. Yeah, we've used it I think for two Christmases and like not even made a dent in it. Really? Yeah. Damn. It was. Yeah. So... I also I also had to share the story uh, today in Target with my tall beautiful wife. You know, doing some doing some Christmas shopping, walking around, and she makes it a point to go through like the uh, the Magnolia Home section, the Hearth and Home section, sure. and right before you get there, and I'm pretty sure every Target is like that's where they put the candles. Yes, and big candle guy. Yep. Right, especially this season. Dude, I, I hoard candles from Trader Joe's, but we'll get to that. So I had a moment where I picked up a candle. It was your your standard balsam fir candle which is my absolute favorite and i take a whiff of it right my eyes roll into the back of my head and i do like a like a body shiver and i say out loud i go oh god i'm a whore for balsam fir and this this 70 year old woman walked by and started laughing her ass off at me (laughs) yeah it was just it was just one of those pure unplanned moments of like you know that's hilarious yeah big balsam fir guy or Fraser fir, all the furs, oh, all the furs. Man. You get a balsam and spruce candle, yeah, and just turn on the pellet stove, and my clothes just come right off. So, <laughs> in case you ever invite yeah. me over, and you have the fireplace going in balsam fur, and I'm it's a just a balmy eighty four yeah. balsam, just like yeah. uh, Bruce Almighty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, uh, uh, Trader Joe's has these little Fraser fir balsam fur candles. Yeah, like I literally just take my whole arm. I have like 12. Mine. I had eight from last year left over, and Jess was like, oh, we're here. And I was like, grab more. And she's like, we haven't gone through. And I'm like, grab more. Yep. You never know. No, you never know. But we, I mean, we rock them like in all. Oh, so good. They're fantastic. So good. I digress. So, all in all. Yep. Feeling all jolly. Yep. Love this time of the year. Enjoy to the world. But we're talking about what time it is. 
Mike Wall Honesty Hour. It is the Mike Wall and Honesty it Hour. Is, it's simple. Yep. It's two. One of which is obviously in last episode there was a little bit of a snafu with a name, Donald Glover, Donald <laughs> Driver, uh, Danny Glover, Danny Glover. So there is actually so real just you know we obviously came to the point that I was uh, who I was thinking about, but to that point we never really aired. Is there a Donald Driver? And the answer is yes. There is there a Donald is. Driver. He was a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. I remember so, he might have been he might have been eighty four. Or 81 for the Green Bay Packers. Whatever. Oh, yeah, okay. But, Donald, if you're listening, my bad. And that's all we have to say about that. Yeah, awesome. And the other one, some of our listeners may have been looking for a certain response from the most punchable face, your son Ryder in particular. Yeah. Ryder's been put in the penalty box. Yeah. Because he was kind of, we, we found that after three or four episodes, it was kind of a one-trick pony that it's just the hair. Yeah. And as... You know, he, I think of him yeah, I mean, as godson, even though your other wild child is technically. Correct. We just expect a higher level from Ryan. Yeah, so I he's a, he's to dig on, deep and find that the real hate. The visceral the hatred, visceral yeah. So hate. he's on he's on a, at least a two episode hiatus. Well, I mean, we just we'll, we'll go back. We can go back to the well. I mean, yep. you might not have for this one. Okay. We'll go back and just see what he's got to say. And if he's just like he's got stupid hair, you know, you're not. Yeah, you're, you're not going to make it out. But so that's it. Okay. Two. Good. Um, we might. We're getting better. We are getting better. We'll see. We've yeah, it's all about improving. It's, all, like it's all about setting the tone, really. Set the tone. You gotta set the tone. All right. Premier so, League is back after back after one of the many numerous annoying international breaks. Yep. A lot to catch up on. We had Obviously, Europa. We'll, we had Champions League. Yeah, we'll try and stay laser focused. Yep. Probably. I mean, we're gonna touch upon that and gentle so, touching. You know, we don't want to cut ourselves short on our episode idea. Right. But yeah, I think we have covered... Yeah, we did our housekeeping. So, to all our vino volleyers out there, it is time to pop those corks, indulge in healthy pour, and dive stud showing in today's episode. So, Rye, as we always do, let's start talking about the wine we're going to be drinking today. All right. We, for this episode, are drinking the Vina Zorzal Graciano uh, is a 2019 vintage. I know I mentioned it last episode, but looking at the bottle again, it speaks to me. Black label with a bird on it, but it has like the entire cardiac system. It has like the heart. It looks like an early 2000s like emo album. Like it looks like a My Chemical Romance album cover, which maybe that's why it speaks so fondly to me. But anyway, that's subsever to the wine. <laughs> the wine is Spanish. It is, here we are on wine.com, as always, is a high-acid Graciano, uh, the last of their grapes to be harvested in the vineyard around the village of Correa. Following a light maceration, the wine ferments in steel. 25% of the wine is racked in French oak for malolactic fermentation, correct? Correct. Excellent. Uh, the rest happens in steel. The wines are blended and stayed nine months in their lees in French barrels. Tasting notes are all over the map, as we as we saw. Oh, I'm going to hit a few. And we've read. I have. It's herbal and vibrant with pungent aromas of bay leaf, spicy, and very tasty. It just is spicy and very tasty. So it's like bay leaf, comma, spicy, really tasty. No, I know. That's oh, it why. it tastes like very tasty. Oh, okay. It's not a great... Sounds like a very well written sentence. Hold on. Okay. This medium bodied wine has very fine tannins, pungent acidity, and a long and tasty finish. The herbs turning more into flowers with time in the glass. 
dot 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 can't wait to be drinking a fucking daffodil <laughs> another bargain so this could be to quote the 1994 disney classic aladdin diamond in the rough <laughs> i have Honestly, like, I love that movie. I had no idea no? what you were going with Oh, that. dude, I, every day, I'm like, I wish I could take you to school with me, and you could just listen to the nonsense I referenced. The other day, I referenced, I, like, walk in the door, shut the door, I'm like, all right, kids, like, here, it's Friday. To quote the 1996 Disney animated classic Mulan, let's get down to business. Again, big singing episode from Ryan Rebecca today. I'm feeling I'm loving it. it. I'm loving it. I'm also exhausted. <laughs> so, Vivino went... Way down the rabbit hole, and this is where I feel like some of these things are just absolute bullshit. So it starts with cherry, raspberry, red fruit. Okay. There was like 431 people have those tasting notes. Okay. Cool. Leather, earth, smoke, blackberry, plum, dark fruit. Okay, you still got me. Okay. Oak, vanilla, chocolate. Love all those things. I hope I get a little bit of that. Yeah, but that's that's so far, that's like at least a dozen different tasting notes. Here's where we get to the bullshit. Okay. Cheese, che- cream, Ugh. yeast, <laughs> lavender, hibiscus, brioche, just, marzipan. Just, just naming things in a grocery store. And the list, the list goes on. <laughs> so again, I think maybe like you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Tasting notes is in the uh, ask for every seat. The mouth of the drinker. So we'll see what we get out of it. I, I feel like I've been a one-trick pony with the fruit forward, dry finish. So I'm hoping to to get a little bit more out of this based on. What, I'm hoping to get some cheese out of this. I am terrified of that. Just a hot Havarti in there. Oh, God. With that, let's let's get our official cheers. All right, let's do it. Oh, very good acoustics. All right, so looking at it, it's got a good red color when up to the light. Not super, super dark. Good legs. Yeah, let's give a little swirl. Good legs on it. See what the, uh, the nose... The nose says. It's a good nose. It smells like a red wine that I would it d- enjoy. It does. That's all I really can tell from the nose. I mean. It's not as strong as a few that we've done before. Like, I feel like the. Oh, that what was the the Lebanese wine. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You got, you got bit strawberries right away on that. Yeah. This, this, this is a mystery. This is going to be a singing episode. <laughs> okay. Definitely fruit forward. A, one of the more drier finishes we've had right out the gate. What do you got? You got a... I taste apple. Apple, huh? Apple. All right, let Tart. me... Let me see. Was this one of them? It's got really good legs it on it. It was six people. Six other people tasted apple. But I'm just more excited that this is like an honest... I taste something this... I taste maybe a Granny Smith apple. Mmm. It's a little too... But I definitely taste apple. Okay. I'm going to say apple. Apple. <laughs> All right. I can't pinpoint down what it is, but I like the mouthfeel of it where it's drier right out the gate versus the thirst quenching Lebanese wine we had last episode. It is tart. Yeah, tart, it is. Yeah. So, and definitely higher acidity. So, I hope you took your uh, Pepsi today. Every day. All right. Yep. All right. So, nice. Let's see where it, let's how it see. opens up because it's supposed to open up into flowers and hibiscus and, and tastes like a nice brie or. <laughs> Diving headfirst into a field of dandelions. So itchy. <laughs> so, just to tie everything in, as we are drinking a Spanish wine. Spanish. Yes, Spanish wine. Every time. Every time. The reason for that was today's conversation, we are going to be focusing on coaching in the modern era. And what that means to me or what that means to us is the 
We talk about what's more important, the superstar or the coaching philosophy, as well as dealing with the superstars in today's and, and certain coaches take a, a different approach as whether it's better to cater to them, to let them flourish, or to let them or make them adhere to the system because in the grand scheme of things, that is the most important thing. Ryan and I obviously have different experiences. Ryan has a multitude of coaching experience. Oh, thank you. So he is going to kind of talk through that. Where myself, obviously more so from a fan perspective, watching the history of soccer, watching different teams, watching the success, watching the struggles, and what I've, my personal thoughts of what to be the perfect blend okay. for that. Awesome. And again, so Spanish wine, the reason is uh, specifically one coach that I'm going to highlight for today's conversation is Xabi Alonso, mm-hmm. former Liverpool, former Bayern, Real Madrid player, phenomenal Spanish player, Spanish. currently the... <laughs> Do you watch uh, American Dad? Because all I can think is Ricky Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ricky Spanish. So, Bayern Leverkusen, yep. currently two points ahead of Bayern Munich. Yep. And uh, have a big game against Dortmund. But again, you if you are a fan of the game, not even a fan of the game, watch some of the highlights because it's just, it's total, it's kind of like the, the Dutch team, that, that total football. Everybody, it's just, it's fluid, it's beautiful, it's. It's fun, it's exciting, yeah. and it's worth High it. pace. And, I mean, I didn't get the numbers, but obviously Bayern Leverkusen, I can't imagine their total salary is going to come close to what... No, anything about the Bundesliga specifically. It's usually, it was, you know, Bayern basically buys the league. Yep. Buys all the players, like, from... It doesn't matter what team. Right. You know, Dortmund was, was the clear number two for a number of years, and... You had Lewandowski, uh, Hummels, a bunch of players just basically went, you know, were bought. They had a good year at Dortmund, were bought to go to uh, to Bayern. So that 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 gap, but they're still able to be successful on this stage. And again, kind of talking to that, is it when you have a cohesive system, when you have 11 players who buy into it and are able to show that, is that more effective than having those superstars who may not be as fluid? You're just buying them because of the clout, the the, ta- the individual talent that comes with it. So that's why we're drinking Spanish wine. Uh, I'll obviously circle back to that. But Rye Guy, if you, you have your own thoughts on coaching, I kind of want to hear from your personal experience okay. before we bring it to the professional stage. Awesome. So before, let's paint a picture. Stunning stuff uh, right out the gate. We're on, we're on an audio medium. Correct. So people can't see what I'm currently wearing. I can. You can. Would you like to describe it to the people? I toned it down. Haunting. <laughs> so I think, you know, last episode, Ryan has brought his best Mike Ditka. Again, you can Google it. Or, you know what? Social media page, I'll post our, you know, probably a Mike Ditka and then the SNL, like, Ditka is God. Uh, but he's got, he's got his coaching hoodie on. He's got a hat. That backwards looks good. Thanks, Forwards, man. the brim is just way too wide for his face oh i get a little face yeah yeah and the but he's got the the big the big coaching glasses and just stellar mustache and is ready to rock it all right so as we mentioned before i've been coaching for a very very long time like since i got out of undergraduate i started coaching wrestling so that's kind of where my coaching background started and it very quickly went into soccer so i was coaching high school wrestling and soccer and i was you can say I was under the tutelage of one of the best coaches I've ever seen in my entire life, who's a, a good friend of mine. He's a vice principal at the school that uh, that I teach at. Had, I believe, over 200 wins, like coached for 20-some-odd years. And the way that he ran things 
uh, is kind of how I base my coaching off of, which I'll talk about. I will try to leave the wrestling aspect out of this, but it did help shape how I ran soccer. You just started tackling people. Yeah, it's just brute force and ignorance. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't get ringworm, you ain't doing it right. And <laughs> Sorry, that's pretty much all I know about yeah. wrestling, which is very crude and mean. It's part, it's part of the game. It is. It's part of the game. And then taking what I learned and implemented at the high school level and then kind of paring that down to coaching at a much younger youth level. Even with my four-year-old, some of the things that in, you know, I wouldn't do everything at the high school level that was with a four-year-old, but still kind of have the general concept of core values. Thank you. And after every practice, both with my four-year-old's team and my nine-year-old's team now, and even when I was coaching at the high school, our motto was always work hard and have fun. Love it. That's how we break everything down. Every practice That's how we break it down. And that's how we would break it down before every game and after every game. Because at the heart of it, sports should be fun. You are playing a game as competitive as it could be. It should still be enjoyable for you because when that enjoyment isn't there, then you're not performing at your best and you're not doing it for the right reason. Right. And I try to sell it to all of my kids, whether it's whether they're four or nine or 14, that working hard is fun yep. because working hard, you're building your skills, you're applying the concepts you learn in practice. And that should show up on the playing field. And as kids get older, the harder they work, the more fun it should be because you should have better success if you are working hard, putting in the time. Uh, so that's kind of my coaching motto. And I think is, you and I are the same in yes. that. Like the, not everyone gets a trophy. No. Eleanor, we just, we just went through it tonight where we had a race up the stairs and she like kind of tripped on the stairs. So I jumped over her. Love and it. Like absolutely fucking lost it. <laughs> and I told told her mom that I stepped on her hand and that I cheated and sometimes you can so, take the L again. She like wants to win so bad. She's still learning and we have to, you know, we, we say Eleanor, what does mom and dad to say about losing? Mm -hmm. And it's, you don't have to like it, yep. but you have to accept it. And again, I don't want, I never want like kids to feel bad, but I think there, there are some that if you need validation for just being there yeah. at a certain point, I don't think athletics are for you. There has Correct. to be that drive to win. Mm -hmm. And if you don't win, it's that fire inside that like, I don't like being second. Correct. So I'm going to do what I need to do to not feel this way again. Yes. And that's, that's what I love. Again, you're going to, you're going to alienate some folks. I get it. But I just think in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to athletics, there has to be, you can't always be like, Hey, you showed up. Here you go. Job well done. Yeah, there there is a time and an age where that needs to be phased out. Yes. And I think that's something that, I mean, I like, I think I do when I coach is that, you know, hey, you're he the kids who I have on my team now are, because I coach the highest level of, of grade four, the kids who are on my team should be there and they understand the expectations and they understand that like just because you show up doesn't mean anything. Like you're showing up with a purpose and a direction, and you are going to work hard. And by working hard, like you are going to, like in turn, have fun. Right. No, it, no. So just to to continue on, uh, like the whole like, coaching philosophy thing, and I think where this translates, I imagine successfully to higher levels is buy-in. Now, we're talking about professional 
soccer players, professional athletes who are the best at the best at their craft. If they weren't, they wouldn't be playing professional soccer and making right. fucking millions of dollars. Multi-millions. But to have a successful team, you need to be bought in. And I've told all of my teams, minus the four-year-olds, because, you know, I got like five kids in the team. Like, whoever shows up, shows right. up. Yeah, exactly. And I'll go with what I got. Yeah. But for my nine-year-old, and when I was coaching high school, I mean, I coached high school soccer for seven years, eight uh, years. I remember. And it was fun, and I learned a lot. But the big thing that I carried with me was getting the kids bought in and that I would take, you know, have tryouts. And obviously, the kids are more talented than others. And, you know, trying to cut down a team. And obviously, there's some kids who are there just because their parents want them to be there, which... That's not buy-in. Yeah, they didn't make the team. Yeah. But I would take... Some of my favorite kids were bubble kids who, you know... You might, you're like super raw. You're definitely not the best player on the team, but you know what? That kid is happy that he made the team and he's going to work his ass off. Yeah. And like, that's like, I would rather have a team of kids who are going to run through a fucking brick wall for me and learn every day and be better and be focused than like the kid who's been put on a pedestal, you know, year after you're like, oh, he's the best on the team. He knows he's the best. He's super flashy. The whole like prima donna aspect yep. of soccer, I cannot stand. Yep. And that's how I kind of coaching soccer built my team that like, hey, whether you're the best or you're a kid who's fighting just to get some playing time a game, like you show up, you work hard and you, you buy into what we're doing here because at the end of the day, winning as a team is what it's all about versus like, oh, hey, like so-and-so got four goals. But we end up losing, you know, or so and so got two goals, but we end up losing five to four because half the team doesn't play defense. Right. You know, it's like stuff like that. But that translates to the professional stage and some of the two of the, the top in the league right now, you have Klopp and you have Pep. Mm -hmm. And Klopp's mentality is you gotta want you gotta buy in, you gotta wanna be there. Yeah. And he's if you're a player that doesn't want to be there. He's not going to be the one. He doesn't want you. Yep. You could be the most talented, but if you're not committed to mm -hmm. what he wants you to do, yeah. there's the door. And he's happy to let you go to move on to where you want to go. He's not going to hold you back. Right. Same thing with, with Pep. Obviously, I mean, Man City, we, we talked about them. Uh, but we also talked about the Saudis, like those players that the buy-in. If the buy-in isn't there, they're just going to go for the paycheck. And Guardiola is one that Man City... He doesn't. He'll let you go to rivals. He right. let Sterling go to Chelsea. Mm -hmm. He let Cole Palmer go to go to Chelsea. It, it does. He let Jesus go to Arsenal. Mm -hmm. So his thing is, he doesn't prevent you if you're not willing to be a part of the system to buy yep. in. If it means that you're not going to get as much playing time, yeah, fine, go. You want to go to our rival? Yep, that's fine because I trust my team. I'm not scared of you being able to go to this team. So there's that that buy in that mentality seen on the biggest stage mm -hmm. and with some of the most successful teams in Europe currently. Yeah. Uh, one story that I vividly remember and one of my former players is actually a listener of the podcast. He, uh, which is awesome. He's never written in though. He's not written in. Maybe this will, uh, this will encourage him to do so. But I, he uh, did a presentation at the high school the other day and, and he, I, I see him every once in a while. He'll come in and say hi. Great kid. Was a great player for me. And he, you know, mentioned the podcast, how he likes it. It was great. His year was the last year I coached because, and I'll circle back to why I stopped coaching, 
But his year was also my toughest year coaching because I had a group of kids who pretty much refused to buy in. And with that being said, I ran soccer practice like I would a wrestling practice. Like, I had these kids doing Spider-Man push-ups the length of a football field. Like, I had these kids doing buddy carries, like, up and down the field. Because either, like, hey, we're all in this together. And you know what? Practice should be harder than the game. And even though we're carrying each other on the field, like, that's going to build camaraderie. Like, you got to pick someone up. Like, you've got to, whether, you know, symbolism. You're carrying somebody across the field. That's symbolic of, like, hey, I got your back if... You know, you make a bad player. Hey, I can pick up your spot if need be. So my, my former player won the last game of the season, and he was great all year. Like, this kid bought in. He hated running. And I hope he's listening to this, and he knows this. He's admitted to me several times. Hated running, because before every practice, I would have them run a minimum of two laps around the whole complex. And the idea was, at any point in time, you had to touch the outside fence. And if some kid cut a corner, everyone's doing it again. If someone, if someone did it again, that person stayed and watched everybody else run. So it's about staying together, the camaraderie, the buy-in of what I'm doing, and there's reasons for it. Anyway, I digress. Last game of the season. It's pouring out. It's muddy. We're somehow going to get the game in. And three of these players who just all year like couldn't get them to buy in, they were, they were pretty quality players. One of them was probably one of the better kids on the team. Just attitude through the roof knew he was talented but like just didn't play a team game he got two other kids to not show up yeah. saw him after school hey why don't you guys go go down and get the water like we're gonna go out there we're gonna get a good warm up yeah okay bailed on the game so now i'm down three players but the kids who did show up were the kids who were bought in the hardest working kids yeah. might not be the most technically sound but they showed up and we ended up beating uh, a Brookline team, like, in the mud, in the rain with, you know, not the most talented group, but the kids who bought in and played for each other. Yeah. And it was just, like, a feel-good moment. And then that was the last game of the soccer, high school soccer game I coached because Beautiful. I realized that my message wasn't going to get through to this next generation of kids. Right. And we we talked about this before he aired, but like the, the climate of when, when we were athletes, yeah, it was what it like your coach was basically an extension of a parent. Yeah. You know, a lot of role models for kids were their were their coaches mm-hmm. and it was you, whatever the coach told you to do, you did it. And yep. if you didn't do it and you got chewed out and we would get chewed out. Yeah. It was always like, it was always on you. Yep. Today's climate, you know, we've seen everybody's got a video camera there's a huddle. The coach is chewing out the team or chewing out a player for not adhering to, again, the buy-in. Yep. That coach gets fired. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Now, luckily, my, my dad was my youth coach. So, you know, similar yeah, to Ryder. It's, it's, does it translate? Yeah, my dad was it's the best the, coach. He was awesome. Silver, Silver Fox. Back when he would run or, like, could run yeah. now that, you know, when his knees were better. Oh, when he it was could a, bend his knees? When he could bend his knees. It was awesome. Yeah, and like it was just the buy buy in, and so so that's a big thing, and we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about this as we we bring it to the the big stage. Is I did see a coach choke a kid once though. Well, that's not, you watching Varsity Blues? No. Oh, this is in real life. Oh yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, my dad was the vice president of the youth soccer association where we played, and they had to kick this dad out of the, out of the league because he like full blown Homer Simpson to Bart Simpson choked his kid on the sideline. His oh 
geez. Well, I mean, that goes beyond coaching and. Oh yeah, uh, there was a lot. There was a lot of issues there. Yeah. Um. But oh, yeah. Lighter side. That's dark. The lighter side. <laughs> Let's laugh about it. Ha ha. Yeah. Joy to the world. So yeah. So to circ- to to bring it to end my coaching story. I stopped coaching because I realized that this generation of kid, less and less kids were going to buy into my message, at least where I was teaching and coaching. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe someone else might have a better message or a message that can bring this generation, this group of kids together. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm, think I'm done here. I've done my, my civic duty. Done my civic duty. It was fun. I learned a lot, but it was getting increasingly frustrating to enforce kids being student athletes. Like, I would sit kids if they got in trouble in class. I would sit kids if their progress report sucked. I would have them stay with students, uh, stay with teachers. I would hold mandatory study halls. And this is for, like, freshman soccer. Yeah. But it's like, you know what? You got to set the tone. Got to set the tone. So, yeah. So, I think coaches should be rigid, yet understandable, and still, even at the highest level, like, work hard and have fun. And that was, again, perfect. There's out. (laughs) Mic drop. Done. There's that. There is that balance, right? You can't be a fucking dude. I, I, very active hands. For, 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 for folks who follow us on social media, you probably see the brand new setup. I did this, so we didn't. We obviously didn't look like homeless people just on empty cardboard boxes. A heroin den. Yeah, we've got we've got nice swing arms, and I've made it so that Ryan is right-handed, so that his drink arm is free, and somehow he still manages to ding the fucking thing. So hopefully, I, I have terrible death perception. Harmonized and night vision. Night blindness. Anyway, so hopefully we can air th- edit that out, but most likely not. So as I was trying <laughs> to say, coaching, there is that. You got to strike Spanish. that balance between respect, but also you can't just be an absolute. You've got to have some compassion. And Correct. It's, just, it's so funny that like everybody's listening, right? Our social media feed always seems to cater to what I think we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. A video came up, and it was Sir Alex Ferguson talking a story about it was, you know, he sitting with Ronaldo and he was talking about his players. And he was, I mean, you saw the, you obviously so in love with David Beckham. The Beckham documentary. And he, he talked so, about, like, any player would talk about, he was a hard-nosed, like, it was my way or the highway. Correct. But he also had the this level of compassion where anything that, like, it had to do with, like, your family. Like, it was a player mm-hmm. that their mother passed away. And he was just like, yeah, no, you... Yeah. First, you you take your time. Right. So there's that. If the if the coach respects me, I respect them, mm-hmm. and that helps the buy-in. Correct. So he was, you know, they were kind of talking when it came to bringing it present day with or Solshar. I think it was during the time where Ronaldo lost his child. And oh yeah. There, I don't. know. It wasn't confirmed. Again, it was just kind of alluded to in the mm-hmm. video, but that there. There wasn't given that time to like be with your family, and that could have started the schism that obviously led to him eventually, yeah, you know, leaving. Obviously, that wasn't under Ali; it was under Ten Hag, which we'll we'll kind of get to as as we talk about buy-in. Is the system more important than the than the player kind of thing? Yeah. So anyway, I think that you have to have that mutual level of respect. It's one of the reasons I love. Jurgen Klopp. Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I'm going to be biased, but, yeah, but he, I think at, like there's certain things I can I can try and separate myself from and look at and say yes, okay. Like some of his his press conferences, some of the things he says could irk me a little bit mm-hmm. as a as an opposing fan. But from a, a passion perspective, from the way that his players embrace him, embrace yes. his system, 
there has both to be something fi- both like literally and figuratively embrace him. Cor- yes, there's again I said all Hollywood handshake, Jurgen Klopp hug like that embrace like coming off the field the one that is just like so genuine. You've been the star mm-hmm. whether you you've had an off day he's just there it's just like he doesn't it doesn't even have to say anything you just know by his embrace like he's got your back and to that you've got his back but he wholeheartedly is buy-in it's a system it's not you're no one player is no bigger than the other obviously you have Mo Salah you have certain guys that have gotten bigger contracts but they kind of stay within that realm so that no one's astronomically out of whack than the other players so it just keeps that cohesive unit yeah if you can keep those egos humble then you have like you said a cohesive unit of super quality players who are all playing for each other and so that my take is that in the grand scheme of things the the coach the system is more important than the player and you kind of see that they talk about the, the bounce back when a team loses faith in a coach the coach gets fired what happens? The new coach comes in. It could be in there one or two weeks. That team plays exponentially better. It's, they could go to a four-four-two, like your generic yep. system, but they just play X ex- because there's right. It's it's new. There's the immediate buy-in, mm-hmm. and that's just the importance of the system. And we can see like Roberto Zerbi from Brighton. They first of all, their recruiting system is is unbelievable. You know, we've Alexis McAllister, Moises Cansado. I'm missing a couple other big names, but they just they they find these young talent, but they bring them into this amazing system that just it's it's a machine. Yeah, and that's that's why again four you know they were promoted just a few years ago, but they're I think sitting maybe eighth, yeah. probably higher in the in the table. No, I think they're higher than the table. Unai Emery, another one. I sneaky love their logo too. It is a, it is the, it is with, a good the with the seagull but like that's a, that's a no, I know. Unai Emery, right, went to Arsenal. I mean, obviously, Sevilla, they were the Europa champion kings. Sevilla. Would, you know, hold the record for, I think, total wins in the Europa League. Goes to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Again, battles with the those superstars. They, you know, uh, they don't embrace the system. He's the one who gets nixed. Right. Goes to Aston Villa, doing amazing things. Again, there's a total buy-in there. You can see the fluidity in the system. And they're right on the heels of top four spot. Yeah. So we we obviously talked about Guardiola, Klopp, but a couple other notable is Jose Mourinho. He was the great man management, bit of an asshole, yeah. but he had a system. And if you bought into it... He's good for the game. He's, he's amazing. Like, he is... His attitude is bravado. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I love it. It's a villain that you love to hate. His his style of football isn't flashy. You know, it's it's the let's if we had twelve men, we would put them behind the ball. And we're going to catch you on the the counter. Mm-hmm. And I think that was people's biggest problem at Man United is that's not the way air quotes here Man United play. But he got them his one of his seasons second place. And you had Paul Pogba again dealing with those superstars. Yeah, he just wasn't having any of it. He's like, you don't buy into the system. You can I don't care if you're two hundred you know hundred million dollars. Yep. Player, yeah, you're pound gonna, sand. You're gonna sit on the, you're gonna sit on the bench, and eventually, was out the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is one where he's so dedicated to the system that I think it it runs his, his course. I don't think he has the yeah. players that love him will will fall on the sword for him. But I yep. think yeah, he is kind of like a grading. Yeah, and it's it's a quick drop off. Yeah. He's okay to be like, all right, you don't like me anymore, break the contract and pay me. Yeah. I wish we could get a stat of how much money he's made based on breaking contracts from Man United, from Tottenham, 
from you know any other. I think Chelsea also yep. when he after his second stint. But but then there's the the other flip side of that coin. Oh, Claudio Ranieri, perfect of the system. Leicester. I mean, obviously the Cinderella story. Yep. You know, they had Jamie Vardy. Obviously, the big players Ryan Mares. Yep. You know, eventually went to City, but mm-hmm. the big one was N'Golo Conte. There it is. Just like again, that that system. It was it was amazing. Good, but everybody's got to buy in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, five thousand to one shot, and they were able to win the Premier League. Yeah. So unbelievable there. Then on the flip side of that coin, you have Pochettino, Chelsea, where. All they did was, let's bring in these superstars. Let's mm-hmm. bring in these superstars. Let's spend all this money. And they've turned it around a bit, but they're right. still like, I mean, they beat Tottenham down nine men and then lost 2 nothing to like Brentford or something. Yeah. And it's, again, Pochettino, I think he's a, he's a great coach. And I, he, I think he even talked to it about the players not yet buying into the system that you got to really throw yourself into the, into the tackles, into the fray, much like your son when he plays hockey. Oh, uh, we're getting there. So again, he has that system, but you can see when it's not implemented, you can have six hundred million in a in a mid in a midfield three. Right? Doesn't mean shit. Ten Hag is another one. It's more I, than nine Hags. <laughs> <laughs> now, personally, Ten Hag, I I liked his stance. He went head to head with Ronaldo because Ronaldo wasn't playing like his style of play. I think we the Claude Julian two way hockey wasn't coming back. Wasn't tracking back, so he wasn't being put in the system. Now, when he was in the side, they were scoring goals and they were winning games, and he was the hero. Right. But it was on that individual effort. Whereas you stymie that, you find a way to block that individual. You've got ten other people who are kind of trying to figure out how to work in a system where you have that outlier. Yeah. And I saw it. I saw it today. Right now. I don't think there's that that player buying. There's something going on behind the scenes where whether it's they don't agree with his system, they don't agree with his man-to-man tactics, like the okay. way he deals with players, there's not that buy-in. Today, watching them play Newcastle, it looked like 11 individuals playing a game. Yeah, it's like they all hero ball. They didn't have – I didn't see it in identity. It was so – you'll have those like when they played in the – Champions League. Mm-hmm. Garnacho had this amazing loaded nachos. <laughs> nachos. Nachos. <laughs> had this amazing bicycle kick. Sure did. Then Bruno Fernandez had this unbelievable kick from outside the box. Individual moments of brilliance mm-hmm. that put them and then but as a cohesive unit then they absolutely crumbled, ended up tying three three, and now, you know, the fate is out of their hands for the Champions League. So there's that it's gotta have that Circle it all back. You got to have the buy-in. Yep. Hundred percent. The coach is more important than the talent. You know, Mbappe. We we brought him up. PSG. Sure, they're great. In yeah. the, but they've you know they've gotten close, but really have never been able to put it together on the final stage of the Champions League. And I think it comes down to when you ha- you're up against a team who's drilled in that system. They can nullify individual talent. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have that adoption. You've got to have that respect. You've got to have that buy-in. Yep. Which is why my personal thing is coaching in the modern era is really should be no different than coaching the way it was back then. What I say goes. Mm-hmm. There has to be respect mutually. Correct. So that it's the only way you can move as a team. And again, no player is bigger than the system. Mm-hmm. 
to that. Yeah. How's that wine? It's good. It's good. I've been I've been like periodically sipping Does it. it. Change it all. You, you tasting the the flowers, the floral. It's definitely opened up a lot more on the nose. Definitely one of the more drier wines that we've had. Yeah, I'm struggling um, for, for moisture here. But it's good. I'm still. This this is a type of wine that I would probably. I'm saying it now, like halfway through, like purchase, and drink on like a, on like the regular. Like I feel like it checks a lot of boxes for me taste wise. So yeah, that's what I got going right now. I I think it's it's even though it is drier, I think it's mellowed out a little bit. It's not as acidic as when we first poured it and had our first initial sips. Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting. I mean, I guess. Do you equate tartness with with acidity? Yes. yes. So then, I'm getting a little bit of uh, strawberry. I don't know. I just sniffed the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking into my wine glass. I'm sniffing the microphone. I don't think they. <laughs> I don't think they teach that at, at sommelier classes. You know what you do is you just fucking cough into your cough in your palm and then sniff your hand and then. <laughs> I'm still getting a lot of apple, but I am getting some, some berries. Oh, as God. Well. Audio medium. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I like the. It's nice, though. I like the smell of it. I'm it glad, is, I, I, mean, I'm glad still, I came across this. It is very dry. I, I'm still getting a lot of tart. Mm. Like it is like sour. Yeah. Like in a good way, like sour apple. Like, yeah. like this would be a wine, I think probably all of the ones that we've had thus far, and maybe because of the uniqueness of the label, I feel like it's. Like, this would be one that if I saw it again, I'd probably buy it. Right now. We're going to go back to the tape. You've had to have said that for at least every single episode. Besides maybe yeah. the Portuguese one, which still haunts you. Four out of five. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, one you I, can, uh, it's one you can, you can bring. I haven't mentioned food. I haven't mentioned using my hands to eat. Anyway. Are you ready? Yeah, I want like the NFL films, like the the football. That's what I need. Refresher. So the team that we are we're choosing today is none other than Luton Town. Yan will live here in Luton Town. I forgot that. Yan, it's getting very hard to play. All right, you can go. That's how the song goes. So. Before we get into the players and kind of eviscerating them on both the physical and <laughs> other levels, just being shameless. You sniffed your microphone. <laughs> yeah. Did want to tell you a little bit about Luton Town's story as they are an interesting one. Recently promoted. They were relegated first out of the first division in 1992. And through that time, they suffered points deduction, much like we're seeing with Everton. I wasn't able to get the specifics of why the points deduction. They had a bankruptcy scare. And then after successful exits, it left them in non-league football. They dropped like five leagues down in successive years. Jesus. So it wasn't until 2013 that they finally got promoted to League 2. Then in 2018, were promoted to League 1. 2019, they were promoted to the EFL Championship. And then in 2023, they were promoted to the Premier League. Now, we'll, we'll talk about this in greater detail, the, the beauty and agony of, of relegation and promotion. When a team gets promoted to the Premier League, 
just based on TV, everything, yep. they get an influx of $200 million in revenue. Whoa! Just by I being, didn't realize it was that much. I knew it was like significant. Just by but... being promoted. So they used, they used it to upgrade the stadium because their stadium right now holds 10,000 people, which is way below. Yeah, it's like a barn. It literally is like a horse racing so the track. Thing, the big thing about it is you can actually watch a video of fans walking into the game in Lootown. So it's it's basically it's right in the down it's in the middle of a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So you're walking through people's backyards Love to it. get to the entrance. It's it's actually pretty just cool. a bunch of drunk yeah, so English people. Like, they talk about like the opposing fans and like walking out and like you know someone from their backyard just watch the game. You know just <laughs> don't step on me daisies. Ver- accosting you. So <laughs> it is it is kind of a cool story. Unfortunately, well. Who knows? With the points deduction, they could stay up, although it's it's not looking great for their... Hopefully, they don't successively yeah, go down, because obviously... I'd want them to stay up. I want them to stay up, so the, the flip side of that, and again, we'll reiterate in future episodes, but that, that $210 million obviously is used for stadium renovations, is used to pay Premier League salaries to bring players in to obviously help you stay promoted. Right. When you get relegated yep you lose those tv rights but you're essentially still paying out those premier league salaries so it can be pretty devastating on the team so we hope they stay up yeah but to that let's talk about who we want to hit in the race <laughs> and we're gonna start we have two write-ins okay awesome we obviously know that rider's still in the penalty box so two right yeah, he's out he's out we're gonna start with jess hi jess hi jess just short and sweet this time okay still i think it, it hits home this week, I'm punching Alfie. Go Alfie Doherty. Oh, still Alfie Doherty. Alfie Doherty. Guy looks the type who you'd punch, and he'd just get right back up and ask if that's the best you had. Infuriating, but mildly impressive. I do agree. Yeah. He looks like he's he's got a solid chin on him. Alfie Doherty, in the picture that I'm looking yeah. at right now, yeah, looks like a kid that has been swindling and pickpocketing for, like, since he could walk. Like, his, in two subsequent pictures, one of them looked like he's like, oh, can I have some more porridge? And then he's just like, oh, a little coin for your trouble, sir. And then the next one, he looks like he is 55 years old, struggling yeah, really to play. Just like... He's 23 years old. Yeah. Yeesh. Some, probably from being, probably looks older from being punched so much. No, that's true. And the next one comes from, I think, our our favorite from the, the fan entries is CJ. CJ. Coming in hot. Seizure's a little hasty. He said, I'm speeding into the punchable face parking lot in two wheels this week. Hope it's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. Until it's too late. Got to be Louis Watson. That drive-in movie theater screen of a forehead makes him look so punchable, and he's got that shaved lower half of his head and a headband pulling back his hair to expose more of his huge greasy face is like he's asking to be punched. And he's out on loan like a loser, whatever that means. Loser. It means that you... <laughs> Most likely wasn't going to get any playing time, so they loan him out. So basically, the other team will pick up that player's salary or whatever. Like borrow, you like out. borrow them. They borrow them. Yeah. So, but they do. They pick up the salary, so it's not on the club. Isn't paying the whole wages. They might be paying part of it. It's all worked out with the club. Right. The other part of it is a loan. Is when you play against your team that you are originally from, and you can't play against them. Right. Love the podcast. Cheers, CJ. Love you too. Cheers, buddy. Solid entry. Can't find a picture of him. Well, I'm just going to go with the greasy. Maybe it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Did you, like, Google him? No, I'm looking at the roster. I typed in Google, and I went to you, players. Well, type in his name. No, I'm Would not going like to. to go first? I'm not going to. You go first. Me. I have two. 
Okay. Sorry. First one, Ross Barkley. And the reason for that is former Everton player. Yep. You you can take you know you can take him out of the team, but he'll always be an Everton player. I say it's like it's like wiping your ass and finding out that there's a hole in the toilet paper. Yeah. So oh, like, poop, oh, you get the poop finger. Yeah, so like you can you can wash your hands as many times as you want, but the shit still is, You know it's there. It's still there. And that's that's what he's he's the <laughs> hole in the toilet paper. He can leave, he can go to whatever team he wants, but he's always gonna be an Everton player, he's always gonna be a piece of shit into that. And also, like if you look at his face, like that chin is jutting oh. out. Yeah. He also looks like his he's got like he's perpetually just like sucked on a lemon too long. Yeah, no, he looks he looks permanently confused. Yeah. In every single picture, it's like He's like he's trying to solve a, just like, just, a fucking quad, yeah. the quadratic equation. What? Oh, he's like trying to figure out Wordle for for the day. He's got little beady eyes. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, he's yeah, got that, that big. He's got that big Clark Kent chin. Oh yeah, it, like you could get a full. You could get two full fists, and you wouldn't even touch the bottom. <laughs> you could just like Hadouken. <laughs> so that is my first. That's my passion pick. Okay. Ross Barkley. Go on. The other one. This was more of just a random one. Is Jake John Philip Berger. What, excuse me? By a goddamn last name. Okay. <laughs> J- got, Jake, John, Jimmy, Joseph. You've got three first names, and then you're just like, oh, Burger. No. By a goddamn last name, or get rid of one of the first names. I also checked, because he looked really young. There's not He's he's a member of the team, but plays with the, U, the U20 under 20. Okay. Because on Google, there's no picture available. Right. You have to you gotta really dig deep. It's just the one team picture. He plays with the U21. Okay. He is 19, so it's not corporal punishment if I want to hit him. Okay. He's not a child. He's, a, he's a legally an adult, but yeah. Fucking just too many first names. Pick one. Anybody has that many first names? Or hyphenate names, it. You can't, can't. No. That's not better. That was like I, I went to a went to school with a Gary Thomas Jacobs. Buy a last name. <laughs> oh, it was Gary. Gary. Gary Thomas Jacob. Last name Thomas Jacob. No, Gary. Gary Thomas. Gary Thomas Jacob. Oh, it's not Jesus. better. No matter. Well, actually, I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, it stunk. You need a last yeah, name. No, yeah, no. You need to be like. I guess Burger is kind of a last name. It's just a, just Burger. Lisa Burger. <laughs> so those are my two picks. Ross Barkley is the. The far and away favorite. It's going to be hard to find pictures of these these people. But anyway, hit me with it. Those are good. A couple stood out to me. And again, I admittedly have not watched more than probably 11 minutes of Lutontown football slash soccer this year. But my process, of course, is typing the team into Google and then go to players. And the first image that comes up, that's what I do every time. Yes. I don't do a deep dive. My pick for Lutontown is Ryan Giles or Giles. I don't know. I looked at him. He he looks like the British sling blade. Like he's got like the he's got like the haircut that all the kids have. Fried potatoes. We all go kill a soccer ball. Like he's got the haircut with it's like it's like a fade but it's like poofier in the front and just he's he's got another massive chin. He's got another Clark Kent chin. Yeah, people just asking for it with these genetics. Yeah, I mean, I we didn't make the rules, okay? We he, just abide by them. He if you got a big chin, you get one. And then if you you do a deep dive into his pictures, he kind of looks like a poor man's Christian Pulisic. In a lot of these pictures, like there is a. So you're punching him because he's trying to be a Pulisic wannabe. Because if you're trying to punch him because he's Pulisic, you might alienate a lot of people here. No, it's just like a, just an observation that, like, as you scroll through these pictures, it's like, oh, it's like it's like a poor man's Christian Pulisic. It's like the what's the? Because what Christian Pulisic's like a handsome guy. Yeah. 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 I don't know. The one picture I see of uh, 
young Ryan John Giles here. Just go Another movie I haven't seen, but alas. There we go. That's all I got. I had another one. I thought Alfie was a good player. Yeah, Alfie. Alfie. He's a good one. That's what, you know, great minds think alike. Jess. Yeah. And then if you are on the uh you are on the Google and you want a quick laugh, look up goalkeeper Tom Cruel, who looks like your drunk uncle at a party who's like, Yeah, hey, I just need like two hundred bucks for this thing. Uh no, you'll definitely get it back. Uh yeah, no, it's cool, yeah. Uh how would you girlfriend? Like it's like weird, awkward conversation. Tim Cruel. There you go. Goalkeepers. Goalkeepers seem to always make the list somehow. Might also have been a former Newcastle goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Ryan Giles. All great choices. Yeah. Good for us. That wasn't too much animosity. No. Because there's really no there's really no threat with Lutentown. Like it was like a Yeah, yeah, okay. Living here in Lutentown. Spanish Spanish. (laughs) Now that we've kind of rounded out the most punchable faces. It's time to talk about who we're going to choose next week. Okay. I feel like this is like Carmen San Diego, like at the end where it's like, where do you want to go? I want to go. I think I want to go to Chelsea. Oh, dude. I love it. Yeah. That's a great pick. Because I think that'll be the that'll be the last episode before the new, probably before the new year. It'll be our, we'll do one other episode in December. Yeah. So yeah, we'll choose Chelsea, a nice one that I think we can really sink our teeth into, right? Uh, bring us into the new year. And Ryan, why don't you tell us the wine we'll be drinking, and I'll tell you how it ties into the episode. All right. Next episode, we're drinking Le Grand Noir. It is a French red blend of Grenache, Syrah, and Mourvedre, which I have never had, and I hopefully pronounced correctly. Well, we'll post the picture, but what is the what's on the picture? It is what seems to be a sheep in a vineyard yes and so the reason for this this was a little bit i had to search for the image okay and it's because it's sheep sheep's wool yes it's weird lanolin lanolin like 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 sheep's wool we're going to be talking about the history of the scarf oh what a good topic yeah so i thought this was a good one i've you know ever since so i before i was a true like fan of the game Mm -hmm. my cousin you know who we, we we've talked about went to anfield star game bought me a scarf this is anfield scarf so I always wore it. I wore it for every game, but I never, you know, I don't really see scarves in any other sport. No. Besides soccer. Well, not from, like you see, like race, you know, race car drivers, like used to have like the scarves. But from a fan perspective. Old timey like, race cars, right, like wearing guys. goggles. Yes. <laughs> like Lola Mans. Right. Yeah. Anyway. But I can't think of another sport where scarves are a prominent uh, apparel. So. Yeah. wrong. No, or any any apparel that's not worn by a player, right? You wear like a player's jersey yeah. or you wear like a baseball hat. So we're just going to, you know, we're going to talk about the origin of it. Yep. You know, where where it came from, how it's morphed, how it's evolved into what it is today, mm-hmm. you know, and thoughts on certain types of scarves, like the ones that like maybe like have both teams, like how you like, do you pick a side or do you... You know, how do you... Are we wearing our scarves for next episode? We wear our scarves, Okay. Yeah. And I'll post pictures of our scarves on social media. Love maybe, it. Maybe that's the one. We'll, we'll take a picture mm-hmm. of us and we'll... So to that, we'll talk about the history of the scarf. Awesome. Follow us on our social media outlets, which is VinoVolley85 on Instagram. Uh, you can email us mm-hmm. at VinoVolley85 at gmail.com. The link to our website 
the easiest instead of trying to type the whole thing in is just access it from the Vino Volley 85 Instagram account. Correct. We post most of our social media. So again, we're, we're, we're continually growing. We have, I think, over 200 followers on Instagram. That's so cool. Hopefully some of those become listeners and start, you know, emailing in yeah. to the most punchable face or a lot of them are, you know, some of them are sommeliers. So I would love to get some advice and some recommendations on wine. But that's where we're going to be yeah. for. Even email in and tell us we're a bunch of assholes and we have no idea what we're talking about when we're doing these tasting notes. We know that, though. But yeah. it's okay because it's in our own circle. That's correct. So let's let's close it out, right? All right. Let's give a final score, final thoughts on the wine. And if you say nosh or. No, I'm good. I noshed yeah. earlier. I did, I did finger food earlier. Did a little charcuts. Yeah, made some nice Italian soup earlier. Man, I don't. I kind of jammed myself up last episode. With the seven, with the seven nine, I'm not right across the eight threshold. But this is, it's good. I think it might be my favorite so far. Interesting. Yeah, I like how it tastes. I like how it holds up. I like how it's opened up. I do like the drier finish. We haven't had a real like super dry wine yet, but I like the mouthfeel of it throughout. The last episode I gave a seven nine. I really kind of fucked myself there. But did you want to go higher on that one? No, but I think I would put it higher than the Messiah. So you know what? So you go. For the sake of Price is Right rules, I'm going 7.9. I'm not going to do that. You won't do two decimal points? No. It ruins the feng shui of the website. Just do it. If you feel it's better, it's okay to go into an 8. That's what you feel. You go 8.1. I don't give a shit. I really wanted to go 7.95. Not going to happen. Fuck. It's the whole reason I went to two scores, because I didn't mm. want to go out two decimal places. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll go eight. There you go. Fuck it. Beautiful. It's good. I like it. I'm not angry about it. Yeah. Besides the fact no that we're not going to two decimal points. <laughs> you, have, you have no choice. So. Yeah, no, I'll go an eight. I no, think I think it is. I think it's a quality, because I bought this. I can't remember how much I paid for it. It was probably. I think you said 16, maybe? Does that sound right? Or ma- is it 14 or 16? Uh, I do think it's a bargain buy. I think it, it, it punches above its its price yeah uh and as it said on wine.com it is definitely a bargain find so yeah i'll go an eight on this one and hopefully i don't jam myself up for further episodes but you know what i'm a happy kind of guy and i'm, I'm happy to give out a, a score like that so it said the average price is 17 bucks so probably around that 14 to 16 range yeah all right so we'll, we'll give when i do that i did good right up on the, on the website nice me so i i think i'm just more excited that i tasted something different in the the apple i was hoping that it would mellow out more like it is it's dry but it is still very tart to me and i just wanted it to just smooth out i think it's got great color great legs it is i think it does punch above its weight especially for you know if you did pay six you know average like 15 bucks for it yeah i'm gonna go seven five it's a good score solid score i, like I that. still mine is because again i'm I love the. the you started work. low, so I think you 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 played this game right. I mean, played you, no, like, no. A score is a score. Yeah, if I can give everything a ten, yeah. I don't get that's, drunk. That's no, right. <laughs> but yeah, I think. What did I say? Seven five. Seven five. Seven five. Solid. Um, again, I'm more of the bolder, but like bigger mouth feel. Yeah. Like this, the petite Syrah, I think will, you know, that's. It's usually what I tend to go to. So, 7.5.
Another one in the books. Another one in the books. And holiday season is fast approaching. It is. Jingling the bells. We'll, oh, we'll be Tw- we'll twinkling be, the lights. We'll be ring ding dingling. But yeah, you know, we'd love to keep going. But after VAR review, we are officially out of wine and thus we'll need to put the final cork in this episode and say, listen to us next time on another exciting episode of Vino Volley. Ryan, you know what to do. All right. Another great one. Always a good time. Good wine. Good laughs. A little bit of history. Always remember to sip and soccer responsibly. I bid you a Freddie adieu.